Welcome to Talk Therapy CBT, a conversation about educating, helping, and connecting individuals to the world of psychology. This podcast is supported and produced by Inner Balance Psychology Center. I'm your host, Dr. Don Raffa, and joined with me today is my co-host, Anthony Dana. Good afternoon, Dr. Raffa. We are broadcasting from an undisclosed location. Right. We're live from today. We are live. It is a beautiful day. Very nice fall weather we're having. Speaking of fall. I have a little bit of allergies, but, you know, so if I sound a little bit off, I apologize. Mm -hmm. It's my third favorite season, or how about second least favorite? Right. So the reason why you don't like fall is because of what follows it? It's ominous to me. It's not as bad in September, but it's ominous. Winter's coming, right? Like everything's dying. Spring, everything is coming alive and it's new beginnings, the beginning of things. Also, because your favorite season is summer. Right. So the ending of your favorite season, whatever that next season is, it gives it more to hate, I guess. Yeah, and it's a busy time in the fall. Oh, yeah. Just kind of what what our topic is today. So so do you find inner balance is really busier in the fall? Right. So this week... As you know, a lot of people were transitioning back to school and it was really busy. September to December, super busy with mm-hmm. calls. I mean, look, we're really busy anyway. Right. But even more so with the fall. Summer generally kind of calms down, although this summer, no, not at all. Well, today's topic and the title, because I always pride myself in trying to come up with a good title. You do get the credit for this amazing yeah. title. Thank you. And the ones that people don't like, that was not me. <laughs> I have for us today, episode 13, a stress For all seasons. Yeah. Because every season, there's something to stress about. And we're going to go over that later on in the broadcast. Yeah, we have a hybrid of stress management and then also the seasons. So we thought this would be a good topic for you guys. Yeah. So do you have a quote? I do have a quote. And my quote is, 10 years from now, you'll laugh at whatever's stressing you out today. So why not laugh now? Yeah, I saw that one. This is from Mr. Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. What does that quote remind you of or, you know, what do you take from it? Well, it's very similar to, I kind of help people in CBT, you know, reframe their thinking like, okay, what were you stressed about last year? Are you going to worry about this in a year from now and five years from now? Laughing would be cool (laughs) if you can actually laugh about what's stressing you out. Now, granted, there's chronic stressors and things that maybe people stress about for a long period of time. But if you can have some distance and perspective from your current stressor, it's true. Like, I don't know about you, but there's things that I'm not stressed out about that I used to be maybe two years ago or five years ago and probably things in the future that I'm not stressed out about, maybe stressed about now. I like that Tony Robbins is promoting the use of laughter. You know, I think humor as best medicine for just about everything. And then it reminds me of what I discovered when I was a kid. And then I forgot about it as an adult because many times things would happen in my life And I thought it was the end of the world. But then whether it was just advice from my mother or my grandmother, or I would just remind myself, listen, relax, it's not so bad. And just, you know, forget about it, get over it. And I guess it was easier for me to forget about things when I was a kid because, okay, it's easy to just move on and shake it off. It's not so easy as an adult, even though, you know, I'm more mature now. Bigger problems, but it still remains Whatever you think is so terrible right now, you know, it's something, you know, I used to work with Rich Manofstra. Rich Manofstra, if you're listening, we used to teach with him. He's retired now. 
Anytime that we would stress at the high school about this new format of teaching or this change, anything, and everybody, you know, you get a couple of teachers together, a gaggle of teachers worrying, and it can just manifest and it can spread. And, you know, and again, just like anything else, fear, worry, and Rich would just stop. Again, he's always reading a newspaper. And he put his paper down and he'd look at everybody and he says, boys and girls, this too shall pass. And then he starts <laughs> reading his newspaper again. It's, it's true. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. What is your quote, Dr. Ruff? So my quote is in line with cognitive behavioral therapy, which I generally tend to like, right? The greatest weapon against stress is our ability to choose one thought over another. And this is by William James. Was a psychologist too, I believe. What do you think that means? Well, say it one more time. The greatest weapon right. against stress is our ability to choose one thought over another. I like that one. We are able to choose one thought over another. I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe that's easier said than done for some people. On paper, it makes sense. But, you know, I just find it that maybe it might be difficult for some people to maybe just do it. But if you can, yeah, you know, that's the remedy. So the reason that I chose this is because in line with cognitive behavioral therapy, it's how we look at a situation. Now, granted, there are stressors in our life that are without, you know, out of our control. But look, there's people who have chronic illnesses that choose to look at life positively instead mm -hmm. of, you know, negatively. There could be things that are minor in someone's life and they could catastrophize that to be the end of the world. Mm -hmm. So it's always our perspective and always how we choose to think about it. Now, I'm not taking away from the feelings that come with the stress, but ways to cope with it or ways that you perceive of it. So I like the thought part of it because yes, we always have a choice in how we think about a situation. Now people get stuck in there. But people have to come okay. to that choice on their own, not just, okay, yeah. listen, think like this, don't think like that. You know, it's not saying that it's- It's like there might be another way of looking at it. Like in our thought record, progression, one of the key questions is what's another way to look at this situation or what would you tell a friend? You know, sometimes it's just the perspective that you're taking that can help you feel a little bit better. I'm not saying you're amazing, you know, on a scale okay. of zero to 10, you're stressed at 10 and now you're suddenly going to be a zero, but maybe you get down to a nine because you think of something a little bit. Okay. So if I just looked at that quote for face value, I wouldn't have gotten all that, but so I'm glad that you're here. Yeah. I find CBT everywhere. Maybe you should be a psychologist. I know, right? Dr. Rafa, are you ready for our Q&A for a stress for all seasons. Yes, sir. All righty. First question. I like to keep it basic, especially for the first question. So it's just a little layup question for you. What's the definition of stress? That's actually a good question. One in which it's one that's like abstract in my mind. So it's a good thing to kind of put out there, right? So stress is feeling overwhelmed or unable to cope with mental or emotional pressure. And I think that there are a couple types of stress, you know, stress serves acute episodic acute chronic stressors and what stress does to the nervous system is it increases cortisol in the nervous system which is actually called the stress hormone the physical body has signs of stress i'm sure we all know what they are right when you get stressed out your heart rate increases your blood sugar might increase your blood pressure increases you have stomach aches headaches and so, different people have certain ticks or things they do when they stress like tells yeah they could be different tells so the nervous system that's affected, the part of the nervous system is actually the sympathetic nervous system. So the fight or flight response you're probably familiar with, right? Mm -hmm. Body shifts into the fight or flight response and that was when your cortisol levels raise and you get really stressed. So which is fine for us to have once in a while, like episodically or acutely, but chronic stress can lead to lots of different health problems. All right, so what's the difference? 
between mm-hmm. being stressed or just being nervous? I think nervous is more like an anxious feeling. You know, it's more like a anticipatory kind of anxiety or maybe nervous about something exciting. It's exciting for something or maybe it's short-lived, maybe more than stress is just this kind of tip over into feeling overwhelmed. And often there's a lot of distortions in thinking, I can't handle the situation. And then it affects your body physically differently than just being nervous. That might just be butterflies in the stomach. And being nervous can, like you said, sometimes it can be a good thing. But then if it's not a good thing and if it just overwhelms you, then maybe the nervousness can manifest into stressful situations or being stressed. So it reminds me of what we had talked about at one of our podcasts. I don't remember off the top of my head, the uh, Yorks-Dodson curve, the stress curve. So a little bit of arousal, a little bit of stress is good. It's like a bell curve. You have to worry a little bit about the exam or shooting the basketball or the tennis match or wrestling match, but there's an optimum level, kind of a good sweet spot between having that. But tip over and too much stress, you're overloaded, your system burns out, you break down, you might have panic, anxiety, anger, rage. So that is no bueno. (laughs) No bueno. All right. So other than alcohol, what are good ways, healthier ways people can cope with their stress? It's, you know, sounds kind of like obvious, but exercise is really good. It's a natural stress reliever and antidepressant as well, like to increase serotonin, dopamine. Eating healthy, managing time is really important. Bedtime routine is very important for rejuvenation and restoration. Believe it or not, vitamin D is awesome for helping with stress. Yeah. Going outside for a little bit of time. Sunshine can help with relieving stress too. And I think going back to our previous podcast, I think we touched on this too, but something that people don't do enough of is treat themselves like they would somebody they're caring for, like to take care of yourself, to make yourself happy and give yourself, you know, little rewards and indulge from time to time. Like self-care, like the habits we had mentioned, we talked about that. A lot of people confuse self-care with being selfish. People who are caretakers or people-pleasing definitely do that. And I noticed that there are people that if somebody does for themselves, like they go out and they treat themselves to whatever it is. I mean, you know, or even if it's a bigger thing, you know, whatever it is, other people who just don't think that way, oh, you're selfish. Yeah, even just shopping. Some people have that right. about like they don't buy themselves things right. maybe or go away for a weekend or get a massage, that kind of thing. So people see it as potentially selfish when really you have to nurture yourself, even if it's taking a nap, that's important too. Oh, (laughs) the older I get, and you know, when I was younger, my grandmother used to take naps all the time. And of course, and my dad too, but my dad used to work crazy shifts. So, you know, with him, his clock was always off. But naps, I thought were just when you're very, very little and when you're, you know, past your 40s, (laughs) boy, I'm rediscovering them them now. Oh, my, the power naps, if it's 10 minutes or under. Now, some people say they can't do it. No way, why bother? I tell you, sometimes I will set my phone to maybe seven or eight minutes. And as soon as it hits me and I'll just shake out of it. And like after about 30 seconds of realizing where I am and what just happened, and I'm like, okay, and I'm good. And you're good. Yeah. You know, and I remember reading something somewhere. I can't quote the resource at the moment, but 20 minutes is the max. Otherwise, you and Then you wake up sleep. punchy and nasty and you're, irritable. Yeah, you're punch drunk. Or it disrupts your sleep cycle at nighttime. Yeah. So that could be it. Plus, I mean, there's lots of ways for, you know, time management. 
people tend to overcommit to things and then they're stressed out because they're, they're trying to do too much in a short amount of time. So what stresses you out? What stresses me out? Well, that. <laughs> I tend okay. to take on way too much and try to get too much done in a day. I often have unrealistic expectations. I have perfectionism, as we've mentioned before, and wanting to get things done and go, go, going and not doing enough self-care, maybe like meditation, for instance. I go through phases of being very disciplined with it and I keep putting it off, putting it off. I'm currently not doing it enough or at all. First thing in the morning is when you're supposed to do it. Parenting, you know, I have a son, preteen son, so that's true. That can be stressful. Not having a good work-life balance, working on weekends, working too much until 12 o'clock at night, doing things definitely can be stressful. So I try to practice what I preach, right? Yeah, we all should anyway. Should, should, no, should. Uh, what stresses you out? Well, I have two children, so that obviously, you know, anybody who's a parent yeah. and that there's stress Hi, involved there. You know, um, both of my parents have passed away, but I can see a lot of people being stressed out. But listen, as much as my kids stress me out, I know I stress them out too. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's kind of my job. But then again, it's their job to stress me out. So I guess, you know, hey, everybody's playing their part, right? Yeah. But yeah, parents are stressed out by their kids and kids stress their parents out. So mm -hmm. there's that correlation. With my job, so I'm a teacher. The one thing that stresses me out mostly, at least lately at my job is just when technology isn't doing what it should be doing and okay, I leave the summer and my computer works just fine. And I don't know what happens, but nothing's connected. Nothing's hooked. And I'm just like, again, anybody can relate to this. You're trying to do your job and you don't have the basic tools. Well, especially now with people working from home, you know, as in last year with during the pandemic, people using uh, Zoom constantly. Yeah. There's the connectivity issues and even me doing telehealth. Like I have jokes sometimes with some of my patients like, oh, let's see if we're muted today. Mm -hmm. Like it seems like it's not working. But yeah, technology. And even though I haven't done this in a while, but when I used to bartend, anybody who has worked in a restaurant, there's that element of stress. And I always <laughs> make this little joke because I always have these different rules that should apply, like laws that should be in place. So I always start off with when elected governor, mm -hmm. it will be mandatory that everybody work one shift as a waiter or waitress so they can see what it's like what as a former on. waiter and as a former bartender, just so they can appreciate what goes on in a restaurant, back of the house, a manager that may help you out, may hide in his office. I mean, nothing is working, nothing's available, just the chaos that takes place. Yeah. I don't care if it's a slow lunch shift. That's yeah. fine. That was a very stressful time in my life when I waited tables for, you know, in my college years and then graduate school. And even in a high-end restaurant, it was the same thing. I would have server nightmares. Oh, I oh, hated those. God. You would either wake up mm -hmm. and you're like, you're angry because, no, this is my time. and I can't even sleep. You know, and that damn place is haunting me now. Yeah, that's another that's situational stress and like, obviously. Yeah, sure, like, sure. But again, I mean, it did, it, we're laughing well, about it Well, I mean, now. you know, it, it was only two <laughs> so years ago when I last bartended. You're not so ready it's to laugh. Huh? You're not ready to laugh at that stressor now. Uh, no, I'm not. I think it scarred me for life. I'm never going to laugh at that stress. Um, so Tony Robbins. I can smirk. How about that? But All I don't right. know if I'm going to laugh. A little bit of a smile. Sorry, Tony. <laughs> not one size fits all. One great thing about this podcast is we offer free advice from a PhD. So just to reiterate about managing stress. So what are specific techniques do you recommend for stress management? You know, I said before that happy events could cause stress too. planning a party or wedding or, you know, getting a job, that kind of thing. So there's this technique of kind of remembering the four A's and those are avoid, alter, accept, and adapt. So for instance, um, avoiding would be good, like taking control of your surroundings. So if you are sitting in traffic 
and you're sick of that, maybe alter your route, literally, like alter your route. Finding ways to take control of what you can control. If your room is chaotic, maybe make that less chaotic. A big one that I work on with patients often is assertiveness and learning to say no. Say no to that extra activity or coaching t-ball or signing up for, you know, being on the PTO. Maybe have your to-do list that is realistic and reasonable. I talk about SMART goals with people. There was a planner that I really like called the Productivity Planner. And in that, it's the picking five things that are important to do and pick one thing that would be the most important thing to do that day. Mm. And that's a have to, no matter what, you do it. So your A list, your B list, your C list items. And on hectic days, you scratch scratch out the C lists. Alter would be to using your I statements with people, setting your limits in advance. I only have five minutes to talk. Also practicing self-talk, accepting you can't change certain situations, learning from your mistakes, forgiving people. It takes energy to be angry. So a lot of people are stressed about situations they cannot control. People that they think are going to change. I have this conversation daily. Right. What do you think I can do about this? And I mm-hmm. say, nothing. Except that this person is this way. Right. Well, how can I get this person to change? They're not going to change. Yeah. They have to want to change. Obviously talking with someone about maybe an issue that you have with them, hashing it out, or even just having an honest conversation can help you to feel better. It's great they tell me, but I want them to obviously talk to that person, not just their psychologist. So the people that want to change people, and you say people have to forgive people for who they are. But in those situations, I would imagine, again, some of those people are talking about maybe their husband or wife, times their children. Mm-hmm. And it's like they might even have to just say, you know, because like they can't that want to make them change is really about them because they can't forgive themselves. Maybe they feel like this person is this way because of how I raised them or what I didn't do or what I did do. And they just need to, you know, let themselves off the hook. And maybe, you know, that can help them relieve a lot of stress in their lives because they just maybe keep blaming themselves. They could. Yeah. They can blame themselves or have a false sense of responsibility, you know, feeling very overly responsible for someone. Kids do that with parents. Obviously parents do that with kids too. If your kid's 40, I mean... (laughs) You know, right. the horse is out in the, the barn. I don't know what to do, <laughs> right. what you do now. Living in the basement, so yeah. not getting a job, then yeah, there's only so much you can do. So it's a lot of like um, setting limits, adjusting your standards. And what I mentioned before about adapting, having realistic expectations of yourself. Do you need to vacuum and dust every day? Do you need to have the dishes done every day? I don't know. Can you substitute quick meal for something laborious? Sure. Mm-hmm. Thought stopping, the what ifs I've mentioned. Whenever people have what ifs, they get caught in that stress cycle. What if that does happen? What if you miss the bus? What if you wake up late for work? What if you get an F on that test? Then what? What would you do? Then what? Then what? Then what? There's a book called, I want to say it's called Burnout. Let me look it up. (laughs) Stress Cycle. Yeah. Nice title. Yeah, yeah. And it actually is a book that I read and my postdoc is doing a group. Not really group therapy. It's like a book club kind of thing. And she has the women in the group. Reading it. So it's called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle, written by two sisters, Amelia Nagoski. Two sisters is a really good book about how we need to complete the stress cycle. That's why I said like exercise, like there has to be something physical that we do to signal to our body that we're done being stressed. Animals do this. They actually do this. It's pretty neat. She references that in the book. And then they're looking at the big picture, you know, is this really going to matter in five years? Mm-hmm. Time management is very important too. Managing your time, committing to what it is you can do. A lot of times when I hear about, you know, different aspects of psychology, you know, you say that you find CBT and everything and what you just said about, is this going to matter in five years? Like there's a lot of stoicism in it too. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's like, you know, what really matters? 
does it really matter? Is it going to really, and that's a good way of looking at it. And what you said earlier, I think it was the third rule of the four, which was like, what are some things that are paramount for you to mm-hmm. unstress, be happy or de-stress and be happy? Or just get done. Right. And day. and in this way, you're going to have a much better productive day yeah. because you did this. But, but can you go over that one one more time with me? Because I like that one because that's something I even notice that when I do take time, okay, if I can take an hour to 90 minutes to write, if I can go to the gym and just work out, even if it's a half an hour, these are the little things that, you know what, like getting a shower first thing in the morning. Some people take a shower at night, but like, yeah, if I, you know, if I go to the gym, I'll take another shower. but like just getting up and instead of, well, I'm going to go to the gym, so I'll take a shower. No, I'll go to the gym right after taking a shower and then I might have to take another one. Who cares? But for me, it just, okay, like my, I'm a better mindset. And yeah, it's a routine. Yeah. It's a routine habit. So that was part of the avoid overwhelming yourself, but also altering your behavior. Like it's really good to think about this is my have to. And no matter what, I have to do this today. The first, now it's recommended in this planner, by the way, it's the first thing that you do. Above all, I need to make my lunch for work mm-hmm. or I need to exercise. I need to do yoga in the morning. That's the first thing I do. Mm-hmm. I need to meditate. Then you start the day and then everything else becomes additional or gravy and you get credit for that too. But everyone has to figure out what their have to is. So last time we didn't have a game. We, it was hard to have a game last time. I didn't feel very inspired. Uh, <laughs> and this one, I even questioned myself, is it really a game per se? Is it, is it more, it's more of like an, act- an activity? It's an activity. So what I did was, again, a stress for all seasons. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go over the four seasons with you. Mm-hmm. And for each season, mm-hmm. I want you to brainstorm and um, we can think about, or you can think about just different things mm-hmm. that stress people out. And I think everybody can maybe relate. And then maybe you can go into how to deal with them. These stresses a little bit better. Or kind just of weaving in the forays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. And then also, but just to identify like, you know, and why seasons change our mood mm-hmm. because they do sometimes good, sometimes bad. Some people love fall. You're not a big fan. Right. And I know people, trust me, I know people who you know, in July, they're talking about, I can't wait for a bomb fight. I'm like, it's July, it's summer. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Don't, you know, I don't want to talk about Halloween. You know, when we get to Halloween. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. I think it's centered around beliefs as well as experiences throughout life. Sure. Maybe memories tied into memories, yeah. right? Okay. So, so just- we're going to start off. There's two ways I can go with this. All right. I'm going to go with winter, right? You have holidays, all that goes on. So with holidays, all the categories, right? Right. So winter, well, let me just start out with the obvious that seasonal affective disorder actually starts in fall. And I've already worked with patients on that. Like what's our seasonal affective disorder plan? It is a type of depression, you know, feeling depressed. So it's kind of like that Sunday night before Monday morning. Oh yeah. Like Like the dread. (laughs) Yeah. Usually it's social withdrawal, hibernating, like bears, you know, oversleeping. Maybe there's some weight gain. There also is just low energy. It obviously it gets darker here in New Jersey. It gets darker earlier. And it's just like, again, this ominous kind of thing. And the best way to treat that, I think, and I have this myself, is light therapy. I have this awesome light from Amazon. It has to be 10,000 lux for a light box. And you only need about 20 to 30 minutes in the morning to use. And I'll tell you, I've had people use it and not have any symptoms of seasonal affective disorder. Not isolating is huge. Like getting up, behavioral activation, doing something. Okay. Vitamin D, you know, real vitamin D going outside and getting that. People shouldn't do that light after a certain time. (laughs) No. Because it might keep them up. Definitely not at night. Um, You have to do it in the morning. And I, when I first started using it, 
I would feel a little buzzy from it. It was like, ooh, I feel a little buzzy for this. Definitely not at night. Yeah, it's supposed to mimic natural sunshine in the darker months. And the best thing is in the morning. So the one that I have is a floor lamp and it it looks just like a lamp. It's very neat. Uh, Obviously therapy, you know, if you have seasonal affective disorder, uh, medications may be indicated. Lots of vitamin D would be great too. So during the holidays, people get stressed because of the hustle and bustle of Mm-mm. buying the best gift, right. Christmas shopping, lots of time like, decorate with the house. family. Yeah, they have their shoulds, right? Mm-hmm. I have to decorate right. this to, way. Yeah. The shoulds and the have tos. I have to host planning dinners, visiting family, hosting family. Mm-hmm. That's where some of these A's can come in. Maybe having limits. You know, you go visit family and you stay in a hotel instead of their house. <laughs> I can only stay for two hours, the, not not for all day. You know, there's something to be said for why, you know, everybody drinks during the holidays. <laughs> and <laughs> it's not necessarily for celebration. It's, I got to go see uncle so-and-so. Or aunt, some, so uh, I'm like, uh, need some eggnog. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I see him one time a year, but man. I have have so many coping plans for people with when I work with them in the winter, like especially for the combination of seasonal affective disorder and holidays. Mm-hmm. How am I going to deal with my family when right. Uncle Joe says this? I'm yeah, like, okay. You know. And you could predict it like clockwork. Right. You know, it's like a play. You can just know the next act. Mm-hmm. So I'd say winter is kind of a combination of fun time and, you know, all the uh, Christmas shopping and all the. Well, and. Loved ones that you've lost, you remember them or think about them more during the oh, holidays. Yeah. That's a huge trigger for grief. Yeah. If they've died during that time or oh, just that, the that, holidays. That's a, yeah, you double down them. if they died during that time on top of it, sure. Sure. And if you're missing people, they're now not at the family celebration. So it could be a real tough time. Okay, so let's continue on into winter. So there's, so with January. Worst time ever. To go to the gym? Yeah. Oh, well, the gym? Oh, yeah, oh, gosh, because yeah. everybody, so the, that's when how I'm, you get I'm, good deals at the gym. I'm thinking of the New Year's resolutions. Oh, right. So because it's January 1st, I now have the power to change anything in my life. And my New Year's resolution, it's almost like they're rubbing a magic lamp. And I'm going to now get in shape or now I'm going to, you know, these are great ideas. No, (laughs) But but the reason why you couldn't do it in October is going to be the same reason you can't, just because it's January 1st, it doesn't mean it's a magical day. People benchmark it. Remember from our habits book? Yeah. We talked about like, no, no, start the habit. Now, yeah. Next meal. If it's if tomorrow, it's healthy. Later today, it doesn't have to be this benchmark of January first. It's a new year, and that could be a stressful time if you're a gym member because all these people are coming to the gym. I don't know if it's stress. It's just more of a pain <laughs> in the so rear end. But you know, it's just like I can't I wait till February it. till all these people clear out of here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. used to hate it. Yoga. Uh, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. Here's all the newbies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then on top of it, because a lot of People who, again, I'm not saying somebody who doesn't put together a New Year's resolution and actually has a plan and actually works hard at it mm-hmm. isn't successful. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, you know, you see people drop off, yeah. drop off, or and again, whether it's stats on that. then they're more depressed. Then they either eat or drink more or whatever <laughs> was bothering them, you know, uh-huh. because they feel like of more of a failure. And it's like, and they shouldn't beat themselves up too much. It's like you didn't try that hard. So why can you be that mad at yourself? Well, I also have to talk with people about realistic goals. Like I said, about smart goals, they have to be realistic, measurable. You know, it can't just be you haven't exercised all year right. and now you're going to go five times a week to the gym. That's really unrealistic. Yeah. Like I start really low sometimes with people like let's do a hierarchy here of goals. Just get your sneakers on and go to the gym parking lot and leave. Like I've had people just do that. Like yeah. Put your stuff in the car and just go that way. And they think it's silly, but whatever. And then they go for 10 minutes and then they start to go. You got to walk before you can crawl. <laughs> I mean, reverse that. February, 
Valentine's Day. That could be stressful for people. Yeah, like if they feel pressure to be in a relationship, if they're doing uh, online dating, you know, they might feel lonely. Galentine's Day was <laughs> created because of uh, girls, you know, go, women going what out What is this together. called? Galentine's Day. Galentine's Day. <laughs> it's not really official. People feel sad on Valentine's Day. They get really sad they're not with somebody or they're single maybe. So that could be a stressor during February. So women just get together and just... Go out. Girls yeah. night out. So, okay. AKA girls night out. So let me ask you a question. So what if one of these, I would imagine they're all single? I, I imagine. Okay. So yeah. one of them actually meets somebody. Significant other. Significant other. Yeah. Man or woman. Right. Let me just be old fashioned and say it's a man. Sorry, everybody. Anyway. So would the rest of the gaggle of women shun her or give her <laughs> the stink eye? What are you doing? We're in. No, you're We're not allowed to What's hook up or get somebody to talk to you or get digits. Yeah. What's the code? Yeah. You mean on Valentine's Day? Or I'm not, no, well, in with the Valentine's Day. Like if, say, if somebody's like, get over here with us. What are you doing talking to him? No, you know. <laughs> I guess there has to be rules. I don't know. I guess it, it there all has varies. To be firm I tell you what, if anybody's involved in these Valentine's <laughs> Days and you tell me if you have rules and regulations. <laughs> By the way, I just want to say something because I forgot the last time at the end of the show and I wanted to mention it. We have not yet received a comment. We've heard some personal comments, which is always nice to get feedback. It's good to get feedback. And from, you know, the different formats that Dr. Raff has mentioned, you can make history. You can be <laughs> the first person to give us a comment, good, bad, or ugly. Doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. Just make sure yeah, it's, you know. it's, you know, it's tasteful. And if it's bad, then, you know, give us some constructive criticism. It'd be nice to have How some. can it be better? That's I mean, we fine. Hope, we hope we're, you know, doing a good job here, right. but it'd be good to know. All right, do we have another season? Um, yeah, so that takes us into spring. Right. Okay, so spring is my second favorite time of year, but it can be very stressful for college students, people who are seniors that are applying to college, yeah. waiting for that envelope and that college acceptance and where they're going to go and visiting colleges. And, mm -hmm. you know, that could be really stressful. Exams, standardized testing occurs during that time. In yeah, a lot of it school. does. In colleges, mm -hmm. you have your finals. Spring I mean, you break. have your finals in fall semester too, I guess, but yeah. Spring break. Um, you know, falls in there, which is nice. But if there's a lot of snow days, you might not have a spring break. Right. Easter <laughs> could be during that time. Again, piggybacking on holidays and times with family that you may be expected to travel far away to see family or you know, host is my, a holiday. Is my stupid cousin going to get more Easter eggs than me in the Easter egg hunt <laughs> right. for a third year in a row? I know. Really? going to be fair. <sighs> yeah, exactly. And you know she cheats because it's her backyard. <laughs> All right. Let's go with summertime. Right. So people may not think of summertime as stressful, but I would say that planning vacations, executing them, being together, <laughs> flying, traveling, going to shore houses together. I hear yep. family drama and fights that occur then. Um, trying to really pack it all in the summer because of the shoulds. You have to have fun and you should. And we only have how many weeks of summer vacation? Uh, what is it? Maybe roughly two and a half months. We're about 10 yeah. weeks, right? Yeah, 10 weeks. Yeah, and trying to get that in there. Obviously, and stress of having your kids home all day, every day on yeah. video games. I see these memes <laughs> of like, you know, the first day of school and there's like two parents in the driveway toasting with champagne, uh -huh. you know, with yeah. as the bus goes off in They're the, the background. Counting down. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Or just being off routine. People who... Um, you know, or home with their kids or, or teachers, you know, have talked to me about this. Like, oh, wow, we're so like unstructured during the summer. Yeah, well, I've noticed that with my daughter. I so try not to be a hypocrite with my kids because, oh, yeah, I was 10. I used to do that, too, but I don't like it. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, like you're going to sleep until 11, 1130 every day. Now, yeah. 
Here's the thing. She doesn't have a job. She doesn't have any major responsibilities. And she's 10. Why the hell not? But then it still bothers me. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you still piled up in bed? Well, that's belief system, right? About like laziness and productivity. And I, she's yeah. off the hook for summer vacation. And yeah, so people, parents might fight with kids about their own shoulds and what the kids should be doing or chores that they, they need to be doing. Right, right. So I would say that. that well, with the vacations, I guess your best advice would just be stop and smell the roses. Enjoy the journey. And, and Yeah, you can refresh. Frame your thinking of, all right, this is our time to bond together, especially with elderly people in your life that may pass away, you know, kind of enjoying that time. You know, having boundaries if you need to. Maybe you don't all get the same shore house. Right. Maybe you have separate shore houses. Right. Maybe you visit just for two days instead of the whole week. As a Disney dad, here's one for those of you who are kind of newbies to Disney. Every vacation, you want to get Most bang. A, a big bang for your buck. And listen, for Disney, trust me, yeah, you definitely do. Because Disney prices here and there for water, for this, for that, I mean, they charge everything. But you're not going to enjoy your vacation as much if you try to do everything. And if you're like, Clark Griswold and you got like, okay, at 615, I mean, it's just so overscheduled. It's not going to be fun. You're going to be stressed out. You're going to stress out your family. I, yeah, I think that's true. And it's great to kind of bury it, like have some downtime too. Like if you're going to make your kid be at a park all day, have the next day be a a pool day day. and just, yeah, like do a staycation. (laughs) Exactly. Right. That's what they call it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, I will say this too. In the summer as a teacher, there is the stress of late summer fun blues or late summer bank account blues where, you know, when people always ask me in late August, like it's almost like they're rubbing it in because they're like, they're jealous of teachers. Like you guys get your summers off. Are you ready to go back to work? And they kind of mm-hmm. have that like, you got you have to go back to work. And I'm like, no, I'm, let me show you my bank account. Yes, I can't wait to go back to work. I'm looking forward to it. You know, <laughs> as far as like, again, you, you know, you manage your money as best you can. But as a teacher, I'll say like, so there's so many things I want to do in the summer, but unless I have a good acorn fund, it's not easy to do so mm-hmm. there's always that could be stressful yeah finances, yeah there's that kind of stress that's, that's just generally it's holiday stress with finances and trying to buy christmas presents people may not be able to afford to and i think a lot of people teachers everybody in the summertime you know they know their kids are off and they want to make memories and they like right. try to do too many things mm-hmm. and the stress of doing those things or not doing them to the fullest and you know right there's that and then finally mm-hmm. there is what we started talking about earlier is the fall. So the fall is, I guess, I would say probably the most stressful. It's it's really like a abrupt transition from summer, you know, leisure summers to fall to school schedules, to work schedules, to now having homework, now having sports, maybe with bedtime routines, obviously being different. And, you know, my advice always is practice a couple weeks before school starts with bedtime. So kids are used to getting up at six, seven in the morning. Yeah. People might be going back to work, you know, that we're off. And then there's a go, go, go of the fall activities. Yeah, practice, soccer practice for school or whatever right. they got like going on. Revamp of that, maybe holidays, maybe Halloween. Thanksgiving is in there too. It's really important to practice some of these A's, you know, having a mantra, I can handle this, I can do this in tough situations. Trying to reframe your thinking about it. Okay, it's an opportunity to bond with your kids and help them to be more responsible as well. So like I said, the fall is very busy for us. It's a transition. Everybody's kind of adapting. There often is a little bit of like an adjustment period, maybe for about a month or so. Mm-hmm. for kids to get used to the groove of being back in school, especially now that kids are back pretty much full-time, live in person, right? Think about the positive things about fall. Like, it's the perfect time of year to go down to the shore. All the shoobies are gone. <laughs> New Jersey, it's the best. I sort of like the fall foliage and pumpkins and boots and sweaters and stuff, sort of. My birthday's in the fall, so I there guess you go. 
exciting, but I, if I can stretch out the beach, I will keep coming down to the beach as much as possible. Yeah. You know, I don't blame you one bit. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. So you want us to recap? What have we learned? What have we learned? We learned that stress is something that we choose to be. Oh no, I'm kind of messing that up, but. I mean, stress is a real thing. Stress is a real thing, but we can choose how we handle it, how we handle it, how we think about it. And we can choose not to be stressed or as stressed if we manage it, manage it better with different tools in the toolbox. We learn that different seasons, there's might be different stressors or different people in our lives that stress us out at different times. That stress is a, you know, feeling overwhelmed that there is good stress. Like I said, planning a wedding, planning a party, a move, a vacation, but it's when you tip over into that overwhelmed feeling that it can be dangerous for you, especially with chronic stress. Well, and also there's, you know, like anything, like with any struggle that you're going through, mm-hmm. know that one, like Tony Robbins says, it's not going to last mm-hmm. forever. And two, you're going to feel so much better about yourself because you got through it, you succeeded, yep. or you just persevered. You know, maybe it's not even a succeed thing. It's just a perseverance. Perseverance? Is that right? Perse- perseverance. Perseverance. Thank you. Yeah, perseverating is... No, that's not good. Yes, that's different. That leads to more stress. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that could be more stressful. But yes, figuring out ways to give yourself credit for getting through tough stuff. I often draw on past events in people's lives. How'd you get through that tough thing? Not, you know, just validating. All right, so tell me how you did that. How did you get through that presentation? How did you get through that move? How did you get through that medical condition? Mm -hmm. How'd you get through it? Tell me what you did and let's try to repeat that. You know, I noticed though, with because like I can just think of like asking my grandmother those kind of questions, and mm-hmm. that generation, you know, that went through the depression and World War II and just everything. Mm-hmm. You know what they would say, or I know what my grandmother would say. Mm-hmm. I just did it, and <laughs> you just keep. <laughs> and going. I'm like, okay, thanks a lot, and then yeah, you, you just pull you, up your bootstraps. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You just do it. That's all. I roll up your sleeves. They and, may not know. Yeah. You know exactly. And that's true. Maybe they, maybe we think too much, Anthony. Maybe that's part of. Oh, our I, th- I know we think too much. <laughs> part of our generation. We Create our own demons. There are some catchphrases that I know I have said over and over and over again on these podcasts. Just like the kids in my class can tell me that, oh yeah, there's that thing that he says, and then he says this. But I mean, mm-hmm. they just keep coming up, so right. I can't help it but repeat myself. That's okay. You can write a coping card for things like I can handle this, and I'm okay, and this is good enough. <laughs> <laughs> like I said about changing expectations, I often help people with the reframing of it's good enough. I did this, this, and this. Who? Okay. Who is that character on SNL who I'm good enough? Oh, Come right. on. People always often Stuart Smalley. Stuart Smalley. What was the catchphrase? What did he say? I don't know. It's like looking in the mirror and he's like, damn it, I'm good enough. I'm special. Wait, he's Something at the about end, special. he used to always, You're gonna look it up, I'm going to look it up. Just give me a second. Stuart. Yeah, here it is. Where is it at? It's amazing. We have Google. We can just look. I love it. Line. Some people can't. I'm having trouble here. Oh, the catchphrase. I got it. Uh, you beat me. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it. People like me. <laughs> That's just stinking thinking. Oh, stinking thinking. I kind of stole that, actually. You it stole was, it from Stuart. No, actually, it was from a woman who wrote a book on uh, CBT for adolescents in the school settings. Okay. And she calls it stinking thinking for the kids. And I raised my son thinking that. So instead of thinking traps, mm-hmm. that's stinking thinking. Okay, so wait, here's some more. Okay, here's a game. Oh, ad lib game. Ready? Okay, do you know this one? You're shooting all over yeah. yourself. Albert Ellis. Okay, so, but I guess he quoted him, I guess. I'm pretty sure it's shooting. It's like shitting, shooting, yeah. Yeah. Denial ain't just a river in Egypt. Uh, okay, well, I've yeah, yeah. heard that one. I am a worthy human being. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, here we go. Trace it, face it, and erase it. Oh, Ooh. there we go. 
erase it. That's like the acceptance of it. Okay, so I'm on the Wikipedia here. I'm in a shame spiral. Yeah, I see that. You're only as sick as your secrets. <laughs> you need a checkup from the neck up. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, how about this one? It's easier to put on slippers than to carpet the whole world. All right, this is the last one I'm going to end with. I'm a human being, not a human doing. Mm, that's good for people pleasers out there. There you go. All right. So thanks for listening to our show. Catch all of our episodes and more at www.innerbalancepsychology.com or talktherapycbt.com. Email us if you have any questions. You can be the first emailer. <laughs> Info at innerbalancepsychology.com. And as always, remember to stop it and give yourself a chance. If It's easier to put on slippers than to carpet the whole world. I said that one. <laughs> you did? Yeah. I didn't hear you say that one. Oh, because no. I was too busy looking. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go over that. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>